Hi there, this is Will Green and this is the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. We're here today with Deputy Heidi Salisbury, the Vice President of PNR and also a former advisor to the CCA and David Inglis from Guernsey Age Concern, also a former deputy as well. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. There's a lot of action, a lot of developments, big, big things happening at the moment. Obviously, the immediate thing is about covid and there's also been a real surge in cases. Heidi, what's your take on the current situation? Well, I think it was expected that cases would rise after half term, people going on holiday, coming back with it. Um, I think really it's we're now in that phase where we're, we're asking people just to listen to, you know, what, what we were all told for the last two years. Uh, wear face masks if it, you know, if you're in enclosed spaces. Ventilate rooms when you're in a in a in a group. Just make taking those those, um, those extra measures that we've all been told we we have to live with it. And 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 through doing that, that's that's the best way of doing it. We don't want to go back to having emergency regulations and things. We we know we haven't got masses in hospital. Yes, the numbers are up, but we've, we're in control of that. I understand the issues are around. Um, our services, if they're being stretched because of people are um, ill with with COVID, but it really we need to make sure that we all understand that and say, right, if I'm going into the shop, why don't I wear a mask? And it's it's not much to ask really, but uh, just make it doing those measures because the last thing we want is to go back to what we had because we don't really need to. David, what's been the impact on older people, and particularly at the moment? Are there a lot of people quite anxious about going out because their vaccines will be waning again, won't they? Yes, well, um, very much what Heidi said. It's changed the way we operate in our centres. And we did actually have to close one centre about two weeks ago. Um, Not that everybody was infected, but um, enough were. And uh, it's... It's a fast-moving um, pandemic now, and but it's 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 quite neutral in its uh, effects on people. I, I quite often mention to everyone, you know, we never produced figures when we all suffered from flu. So someone would cough in Tortival, and we'd all get it, and that was just as um, uh, difficult to handle and. Uh, Um, control as what we're suffering from now and like Heidi says we need to move forward and accept that it's part of our um, our makeup now and do do you know out of interest um, how many people not necessarily in hospital but have perhaps been up to A&E because they've got breathing problems or have had the doctor come round out of hours for example have any of your members age concern faced that situation no they're um they are very um, responsible, dare I say, in that um, they are they get plenty of lateral flow testing kits, and they straight away contact us when they feel a bit unwell. So their, their responsibility to their um, uh, mem- other members within the groups is is very commendable, um, and it's something obviously as a. a part of the older generation you are very much aware when you're a bit run down whereas a young person might fight the way through it and and be um, comfortable but that that in itself brings forward issues that uh, have spread. And Heidi you mentioned there about not wanting to go back to previous restrictions. Were restrictions eased too soon and what is the risk if you're a betting person 
that we'll have to go back to mandatory measures? There is, there's no justification for mandatory measures. Um, it's around, certainly well, I, I'm not on the CCA anymore, so I, they might be party to information I don't have, but I don't see any desire or, or any feeling that, that that is what will be needed. I don't think it, you, you can't say that it was too soon. We knew we had COVID in the community, but we also saw what, what was the impact it was having. And we were saying to people, you know, just follow the, those basic principles. As I said before, you know, if you're in a group with a lot, lot of people in a room, think about wearing a mask, ventilate it well, important. Don't go out if you're feeling unwell, take the lateral flow test. It's, it's just so we, we're pushing it to the, the community to say, look, we, we, we're all part of this. We, we've been, we should only be using mandatory um, regulations when we really, really have to. And we, we're facing an, an emergency situation. I, I know we've got lots lots of cases, but at the same time, we know that we're not in the position we were two years ago when people were we were seeing so many people dying from covid will there be a surge that will die back will that pattern be repeated i know you're not epidemiologist so perhaps it's a slightly unfair question but will that be the pattern of living with covid well, as, as you say i'm i'm not dr brink i mean a lot of it's rubbed off but i'm definitely not from being with her for, for for quite a while but i've certainly not got any qualifications in this but um, there will be peaks and troughs. We know, we know that. We're expecting through a winter time that um, cases go up. But that's what we have with flu, as uh, Dave said, and the cold. It will come. It will go go up and down. And it's about again learning to live with it and not being frightened and, and panicking about it. We there will be the booster program coming in for um, the elderly and, and others in in very shortly so we'll be protecting the, the more vulnerable on the island and that's how it should be it's just how we've got to have flu the flu vaccine available for people every year to take and free for those over 65 so and i'm sure dave age concern always um recommend that people do take that Yes, and it doesn't take too much persuasion because they recognise their vulnerability and um, uh, it, it also ensures that um, they stay away from the doctor because they don't like going to the doctor because it costs money. But it's there for them to be um, um, helped. Do older people perhaps have a different perspective on the need or, or the benefits, shall we say, of having a vaccination to anti-vaxxers for want of a better Want of a better word? Yes, I haven't come across many anti-vaxxers of an over sixty-five age. Um, they're a hard, fast group in our community that have been through a lot in their lifetime. So, this is in in the grand scheme of things, is quite basic for them, you know. And uh, as Heidi mentioned, um, a flu jab. I've been having a flu jab since um, I was sixty. So it uh, becomes part and parcel of your healthcare. And and so when the um, uh, the jabs came along, it was accepted as being the right course. Um, I know people do struggle sometimes with their, um, uh, generally, with their um, attitude to vaccinations, but uh, the, the choice is there, and I think that's commendable within the the uh, bailiwick that we do provide a choice. It's not forced on them. Heidi, just quickly on the vaccinations, has it saved lives? Has it stopped people from dying? Oh, absolutely. 
I mean, that, that, I, think, I think that's incontrovertible. It's, uh, we know that, that from the modelling we, we did early doors on on this, that uh, and un, the unvaccinated population would have we'd have seen quite a high mortality from it. We've only got to see what's happened in the rest of the world and see the impact of that. I think the UK figures are that fascinating from that point of view. I mean, they can have as many um, cases, high cases as they had. Uh, year two previously, but the the um, mortality rate is uh, much much lower. So uh, yes, absolutely, it has. And uh, we never say that a vaccine is one hundred percent safe. And there are lots of those who who anti vax who, who will say, well, this shows you get a reaction here, there, and everywhere. But the that compared with getting COVID is there. There is no comparison. We we know that. And we obviously talked about older people. What about young people? Their education has had a wrecking ball through it for the last two or three years. Nothing has been normal for them for years and years and years. Do the states really need to get a grip of the education issue? Should there be catch-up classes? Should there be support for all students? Because their education will be so disrupted. What's your view on that, Heidi? Yeah, I mean, there was disruption, and I think it was hard for for the teachers for, as well they were having to deal with uh, remote working it wasn't uh, I think the more disruption has possibly been with children back at school and having Covid and then pe- children being o- off and on rather than those two lockdowns which compared with certainly the UK and elsewhere have been much shorter um, I did think um, education had been doing something to support children um, and if it if they think that's going to be of benefit then certainly we, we would support them um, I think it might have affected different children to others and as always I think um, those children without such a support good support structure at home are probably the ones that will will have suffered more I think I think you're right Heidi one of the issues has been so I've got young children uh, one of the issues I think has been around up to half the class away any one time so it makes it very difficult to then teach anything new because the other lot are catching up half mm. the time so it's almost you know you're right about that support structure but equally I think probably all the children have been affected and their learning has been quite quite badly affected I think whatever yeah, ra- range I, I, they're at. I haven't seen yet and I, I would have thought that this work is being done is t- just where they see um, say reading ages and numeracy levels how they have been affected compared with where they think children should be um i was listening to some something i think might have been on a radio for the other day about uh, comparisons in within different uh, regions of england about how children have done in one region where they've lost they think could have been two years their numeracy levels uh, got gone down whereas in another area it was probably only half a month so it's I think to, be, to before we say right, we're going to do all this. We need to understand what the issue is, which I, I would ex- thought might might be work that's being done. Uh, and David, what's your view on that kind of disruption for education? Because obviously, it's, it sounds like a cliche, but the young people are our future. I, th- I think um, that there clearly has been disruption. But on the other side of the coin, um, my granddaughter in the UK suddenly became so focused on Zoom because they were doing that as a teaching method. Um, She now teaches me how to use Zoom. You know, all credit to the teaching staff for um, moving into an area that not not all of them are IT specialists and so therefore um, they they fast-tracked and learned very quickly how to maintain a, a level of the curriculum that 
clearly is important to the um, the students. I mean, it's not just um, school kids; it's uh, those at uni. I mean, my, my youngest. Well, both of mine were at uni when it all kicked off, and uh, but certainly for for my youngest, he's gone doing a, a course where it requires practical work. Um, it was imp- impossible to do it, and so half, but basically, his course was all online. And for what he signed up to, it's not what what he expected, and uh, and then being stuck there for by himself for a few months, that's not great either. And you know, it's meant to be a really moment in your life going to uni and meeting people and uh, learning new things um so yeah i think for that that generation it has been hard yes absolutely and 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 talk about generations again obviously we've had the russian invasion of ukraine obviously because guernsey has had that history of being occupied uh, in the second world war it must hit home in a very personal way to older members of the community david Yes, uh, we haven't had a lot of feedback about it, but we know and, and see that uh, um, memories have been uh, coming back as to what, what, what it can be really like for those that were never involved. And so um, it, it's a tragic situation of what's going on there. Um, and it, it's so nice to see so much um, support from all of Europe and including us, of course, and uh, it actually was on our, um, our management agenda on Monday to how can we help, you know, so um, we'll obviously um, await the, the, the feedback to see, because at the moment everyone is helping, which is great, but I think when this subsides and stops, um, then there will be some real issue, re, real rebuilding issues around um, a, a country which is which is technically massive. Um, I feel sorry for uh, um, the farmers there because uh, um, Ukraine is the biggest provider of grain in in the whole of Europe, and um, we, you're going to suffer with your cornflakes. You know they they just aren't going to be able to produce as much as they could. And that's going to take a lot of rebuilding. On the humanitarian side of things, do you think Guernsey is opening its doors sufficiently? Is there more that we should be doing here? Um, uh, it, it's like everything else, isn't it? How much can we deal with? Um, we, we seem to be touching on all areas, whether it be um, medical care, whether it's um, clothing, whether it's money. Um, so uh, the, obviously the, one of the big areas of concern is can we accommodate um, some people from, from the, uh, the, the areas. So I believe that is in hand, but uh, we don't know the full extent. Heidi, what's the current picture? Yeah, well, as you can appreciate, things have been uh, rapidly changing and the UK had the family scheme and now they're talking about um, a supporting scheme. We are looking at that as as we speak. Um, We had a a meeting of presidents, a few few of us, uh, yesterday. There'll be another meeting tomorrow. A lot of work being done by officers to see what we can do on the back of um, the UK's announcement. We're also waiting for more details of what they mean because uh, it's it's been a headline, but not necessarily the, the detail behind it. But we are actively looking at what would that mean for here. Um, and we have to think of things like children and education and one the, how, how we can deal with that. Um, what we do in terms of supporting people who want to take uh, people in. Um, 
how we've got the number of interpreters we might need, what about safeguarding, um, access to healthcare. Um, so that, that all that work is being done. And so we, we want to see what we can do um, as much as possible. At the same time, being aligned with it, not necessarily the UK scheme, but something is that will be similar that will that will be suitable for Guernsey bearing in mind we are a population of 62,000 on, on, on a small island compared with the UK which is over a thousand times bigger so that that's what we're currently looking at at the moment but if we can help we, we will. Have there been any visa applications do you know from Ukrainian families who've got relatives here? I, I'm not aware of any at the moment. We have had a lot of interest in people wanting to support um, refugees coming in, but we're saying, re- really asking people, well, hold off until we can we can announce something locally because uh, don't register with the UK because it won't be um, that that will cause a real issue for us. So it's really just just wait until we can we can announce something, which we're hoping to do by the end of the week. So that could potentially be some sort of scheme whereby people can welcome Ukrainian refugees into their houses. As I say, there's a lot of work is required on that. It's not just a simple case of saying oh just come over fine you know we've got some people here we've got to, it, there's the infrastructure around it we, we've got to consider and we don't want people to come here and then find that they're that they're isolated they don't know where to go what to do and and we could think about things well somebody might take a, um, a family in but say if it doesn't work out so they're absolutely just it just what, what do we do then so it's all those ifs ifs and buts which which some people might say oh you're just trying to avoid it it's it's not it's 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 making sure that we've got all the bases covered and we know what to do when when uh, something happens in the uk they're talking about providing money for people the government is talking about providing yeah. some sort of subsidy to help people uh, welcome ukrainian refugees into their homes is that something guernsey's looking at well again that's has to be seen in the context of all the other um, services that can be provided. We we do have a different structure to the UK. It might be. Um, I can't say at the moment, but, but I can say that that sort of con- consideration is going on. But we don't want to just announce something and everybody getting very excited and, and then saying, yes, so, oh, great. And then we, we find we're scrabbling around, um, not being able to answer the question. So that's no, usually I, the way. Um, and and if we just move on to another subject now, um, David, obviously the cost of living, you, you referenced there about cornflakes, actually, funny enough. Um, given the context of, you know, soaring inflation, we haven't seen this sort of level of inflation for decades. Um, and you obviously represent an older population who perhaps have less income, some of those, for example. There's obviously been talk of a general sales tax, GST in Guernsey. Do you think that's dead in the water? Yes. I think so. Excuse me. Um, It is scary times we're entering in terms of um, the cost of living and um, the influence of what happens when pipelines are shut to provide oil to manufacturers. Um, So uh, we have clearly got to um, sit tight. But but having said that, um, there has to be some revenue raising in certain areas. GST, I think, is um, regressive with the the older um, members of the community. Um, There are lots of areas still to be explored, and and we have some thoughts on that ourselves, that where it wouldn't affect um, uh, the best part of the community. 
Um, so it's, it's, we're, we're obviously awaiting this discussion as to um, how we're going to deal with tax. Um, it's always difficult with um, the group that I represent who are on a fixed income. There is no opportunity to increase that because that opens the door to um, um, the fact that there are still lots of people who want to work um, but there is clearly um, uh, people out there that don't want the older generation to work. They don't want to exploit the benefits of what an older person can bring to the table. You're saying that's age discrimination? Absolutely, yes, yes. Um, but that being said, um, the, there are wheels in motion to start people understanding what happens as you, as you get older. So the World Health Authority recognises 50 is old, um, and yet we don't, we, and, and most obviously a lot of the UK, you're, you're old when you're 65. So within that 15-year period, a lot has to happen to change attitudes and uh, ensure that people can still be a working uh, member of the community, still be paying taxes, still be um, contributing, which a lot of them want to. So, and, and Heidi, obviously, you know, you're, you're a member of Policy and Resources. There was that recent survey in the Gaines Press suggesting there's a, a lack of political support for GST. What's your feeling about GST right now? Well, I understand that. I've, I've never supported it. And, uh, well, Dave and I were both in the States when we had the last debate. And I, I, I came with alternatives. It's um, having a step to income tax. I was told I'd gone to the dark side, if you remember, Dave, when I, I mentioned that. So I certainly don't believe in um, GST um, on its own. No, we shouldn't be bringing anything in right now. Clearly, we're going into an inflationary period and more people will struggle. But what we've got to do is decide what we, we are going to do. We can't just put it off and, and say, right, no, it's just on the too difficult part because we know we've got a funding gap. We know that we've got this short, a, a black hole that could be up to 85 million. If we want, if that's if we don't want to see all our infrastructure crumbling everywhere, and, and so we, we, a decision has to be made. And I hear um, Dave talking about the the over 50s. In, indeed, there was public health, and when I was on health and social care, we um, produced a document called the Joint Strategic Needs Assessment for over 50s. And that was interesting because it didn't show that there was such a gap, a difference between old under 50s and over 50s, but it did sh it did show that it's across the generations, and that that's what bothers me. We do think there are a group of um, the over 65s who who really are struggling. There are that, but there are also a lot of over 65s who have. You know, have had very good incomes, defined benefit, uh, final salary, defined benefit contribution schemes, who have done very well. So I think what we've got to do is make sure that we're not making those hard, hard up now even worse off, whatever age they are, but making sure that we have, we, we, whatever we bring in doesn't increase inequality. And that, that is an absolute fundamental um, criteria for me so whatever we bring in it would be something I don't I will not want to see the, the, the potential for the inequality to grow as a result so of that. Just, just for clarity as Vice uh, President of 
PNR, you are saying you will vote against GST if it comes to the states. If it, well, when nobody's going to be bringing GST to the states, there will be various packages. One of those packages might include GST, but that that's fine so long as it doesn't impact um, adversely impact the the population from an equality point of view. So, so what you're saying is, if it's got mitigations, you'd you'd support it. Well, it depends. It very much depends, and this is where we need more information. Uh, is will that happen? Well, can you do that to the extent that the, the um, GST, um, the, the the regressive nature of GST do, doesn't overwhelm. That doesn't. It hasn't got the upper hand. If if you see what I mean. So, do you think it's going to? There's obviously this talk about a big tax debate coming up. Is this actually realistic? You're not going to even come to the states this year. Well, at the moment, the plan is to bring it to the states. I mean, if we don't get anything to the states at the end of this year, well, we won't have a. I mean, it will be too late, I think, because then we go into the. With that and the electoral cycle, it will it won't come in, and we'll go go round and round. I think we do need to look at corporate tax. I I do think that's been been ignored for a while, but we've got to be very careful on that. And this is a problem. None of this is easy because we we affect our corporate tax, and uh, I know people and people say, "Well, you need to just t- tax tax the corporates more," but. They will be moving to where they can, where is the benefit for them? And we've got to always remember that it's not, there isn't an inherent loyalty from business to, it, to only one jurisdiction. They'll go where they see the advantage to them. So we've got to be very careful that we don't cough our nose to spite our face on that. And I, th- and I understand it's really difficult for, for people to, for that point of view. I mean. Should we be taxing the wealthy more? Well, then what do you consider the wealthy and how much more do you do it? It's, people have different ideas about what, what it means. You know, we, we look at um, income tax and say, right, we, we'll just put um, 1% or 2% on income tax. But that just wouldn't cut the, hit the sides when it comes to what, what we need at the moment. It's really difficult fundamental questions. And I, I, as I say, though, my, my, whatever it is, I need to be satisfied that we're not creating a bigger, more inequality than we've had and that has grown since the financial crash, which we have definitely seen and has concerned me for quite a while and hasn't been addressed. And that's not just older people, that's across all... No, absolutely not. And I think, as I say, the the work that was done by public health actually showed how much harder it was for the, the under-30s particularly. I mean, they getting a house... Um, you know, thinking about their pensions, they won't. You know, it wasn't like a few years ago where everybody could get, had a defined benefit uh, scheme and bingo, they had a, a nice pension at the end of it. It's all it is much harder. And I'm, I'm thinking about my kids and what they're they're going to have to go through. So I think it's difficult just pigeonholing people in just by age. It's very much where the, it's what individual needs are, making sure we address them. So, and I think we, we have this talk about tax and we look at it in, in terms of different bands, but we've got to look at those people who will be in, in, impacted by it. And, and, and David, just, just moving on for May, um, you talked there about inflation, and obviously there are concerns about energy prices rising as well. Again, you know, older people are perhaps on a fixed income. How much um, interest do you have in your energy support scheme, payment scheme, and how much of a concern is heating versus eating? 
It's <clears throat> a, lo a lot of what we're experiencing now, because our, um, our uh, project runs from November to April, is second um, applications for, to, to an individual. Um, we took um, the right approach um, September last year when we were setting the grant rate um, and we jumped by about £10 to, um, on an individual grant. So £205 we, we offer to people to help them with their um, fuel. And it was primarily because uh, the warnings everyone, uh, the economists, were telling us what was going to happen. And uh, they didn't tell us about the Ukraine situation, which has added more um, difficulties to um, the supply of. Um, so it, it's what we offer has been well received, but um, there's a proudness, as we all know, with individuals in wanting to come forward and ask for a, a, a grant. So we. Um, we probably don't see as many as we could see, um, but uh, the ones we do see are really uh, supportive and, and pleased with what we can offer them. Is, is there a kind of fuel poverty in games? Again, not just older people, but as Heidi's sort of said, about younger people as well, perhaps, who can't afford heating. Yes, yes. I mean, um, working with... Um, um, ESS, uh, they uh, provide income support irrespective of your age, it's your circumstances. And it's quite alarming as to how many young people do need that support in um, maintaining a, a, a lifestyle that will um, drive them forward into you know, the, the next generation of where, where they're going. Could I, do you mind if I just add, add, um, add a point to what... Um, Heidi was talking about, she, she's got a very good financial background, so she, she clearly understands what, what's good and what's bad. One of the areas that I, um, I'm looking for a strong um, politician to push this, because they're, they're very protective of the uh, industry over here, the finance industry, and it's, it's spread over very different types of application, but they, do, they are very protective. And one of the things that I have not seen discussed or considered, and yet it's very big in Europe, is a financial transaction tax. So the financial transactions go on every day, all day, in this island, even to the extent of people just moving money to Jersey and coming back the next day. So there is a, there's a, a, a charge for that, that um, the, the, the banks would... They will charge the uh, the owner of that money a, a, uh, an amount for doing that work. If government could get, and, and it, it, it's 0.1 of a percent, they would raise huge amounts because of the number of transactions that come on. It is worth investigating, and um, it's something that, um, like I say, I've seen working works in France, Spain, Italy. Italy has a terrible economy, but they still apply that because it's a very small amount and it's something that doesn't hurt the... Um, so, Heidi, what do you reckon? Well, that's the Robin Hood tax, isn't it? Well, they, they that is that. what it's called. That's what yes. it's called. Um, Are you in favour of Robin Hood? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like... I, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an archer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the point here is 
that might be the case for us. It's for the finance industry is our biggest industry. If it disappeared, we wouldn't have all the the things we've got. But we then, if we yes, we do it, but we have to do it. Make sure all our competitors are doing it at the same time, and that's always been the issue. If we, we if we it's, it's so like people saying, oh, we put. Um, corporate taxes up to a high level well if Ireland aren't doing that and Jersey aren't doing that then where are the businesses going it's all around comp- being competitive and I absolutely under- understand the frustration but that's why I also understand the problem with GST and that's my biggest issue is when we see the inflation I mean, we know that it's going to it's going to get even worse if, if you've got if you've got a consumption tax on that so for me I would like if there's an absolute alternative to GST that that will be I will I will go with that because I I see the, the negatives on it. I am concerned about people who are just living on their savings, which have been taxed already. That 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 is an, really is a concern that I don't think has been addressed so much actually in the whole debate. There's been a lot of people saying, "Well, I don't like GST; it's really horrible." But actually, understanding what, where is it and who are, who's impacted by it. Um, but it, it's it's about that. <laughs> How, how how do we get something that we, that, we, that we know is not making one lot of people worse? So, so you, would you go for Robin Hood tax? Yes or no? Well, we say so we can't just go for something that then makes us uncompetitive. We we do, we, we we can't. I mean, if bringing in a Robin Hood tax will mean that the, the businesses will have to be, be be accounting for that. And so, yeah, I mean, if you want to get the whole of Europe to, to do it, and you, I, mean, I don't know if it's all of France or it's all of Spain, but we've got competitors in Luxembourg. I, mean, I don't think they do it. And and you know, you've got to look at Jersey and Isle of Man and Ireland. But like I say, the the amount that is needed to be taken is minimal in, in the grand scheme of things, purely because there's so much transaction activity going on. And that's that's why I think it's worth investigating. At the same time, GST needs investigating because we're talking about looking at 3 5 8%. But there's no, nothing in there to indicate what won't be charged, 3 5 and 8%. I remember going to um, Madeira a few years ago, and they, they have it there. Um, but it's all different. So if you want to have chocolates all the time, they'll charge you 8%. And it, it actually works in, 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 in dealing with the obesity issues that might occur. And so it's all, all varied. And and that we haven't seen as far as the GST. Well, that, the trouble with that is, but it's, it's will be the reason why we haven't is because the idea is if it, it's straight across the board, the more that you bring complications in, yeah. the more expensive it is yeah. to administer, and then really it would be difficult both for bit, much harder for businesses and and for the states, and it would cost cost more to administer. So that that's a trouble. But I know it's got um, Jersey in in a bit of a pickle now because um, they've got uh, you know. A GST on everything, and so they, the, the whole issue of the tampon tax came up recently because they can't change that unless they make an exception. And once you have one exception, you get more exceptions. You know what, how it will turn out, and it'd be as complicated as the uh, UK's VAT. Nationally, internationally, a lot of people are talking about living standards dropping. Is that happening in Guernsey? Because are people's wages stagnating? They're going up. Is that kind of indice between wages going up or not going up versus cost of living is it completely out of kilter and actually are living people are living standards dropping in guernsey for 
certain groups of people. I'm I'm very concerned that that is happening, has happened, and we will see more because of um, the inflationary period we're going through. Um, and I think it's very much those people the cost of living has gone up and and that's when it will hit people when wages aren't keep keeping up and i think in some areas outside the finance industry but some jobs within the finance industry i think people are being impacted by it which is why we i think we've got to be very careful what we do now from a tax raising um point of view now what what is being done here it's not going to be brought in immediately but we've still got to understand the impact that it could have when we do bring it in how can we mitigate back against all of this but it makes it makes it very difficult to be able to do that uh, how, how about this one um we all fill our cars with petrol. I know we want to have electric vehicles. There's another debate there to be had about the cost of EVs and whether there should be subsidies to encourage people to move. But at the moment, the fuel's gone up. Diesel, I think, is at about 170. Unlead is about 161. Give or take, depending on where you go. Why not just cut fuel duty? That would save a lot of money for people who are hard-pressed. What about that, Heidi? Well, we can. We can do all, all these things. Um, well, it's how much that in, impacts the bottom line for the states but then perhaps that's the wider discussion perhaps we say we don't mind we don't want a government that has lots of reserves we'll use them all up and that's what we should do and we'll we'll, we'll have an, a national debt like other countries and and just pay off our uh, the interest that we have to do and just keep going like that it, it's that's what it leads to, those fundamental questions about what sort of government do we want. For years, the government's built up its reserves, and we've called about, talked about that being for a rainy day. Well, we've, we've had a bit of that over the last two years, but we also know that we've got the, the, whole, the demographic changes are impacting us. And actually, it's not so much for the people who are old now. It's from my generation coming up, you know, and the the end of the baby boomer generations and um, just a bit older as well but that's where it's going to impact us when we have more people who who are older who will require more care and support as as we do and uh, David what about a health tax a hypothecated health tax just say we're going to charge you 1% 1% of your income, and that is going on health and social Well, care. that's one of the options that's been put forward, but you need more than 1%. You need, well, the, the I think it's 3 3, three, three percent mm. is, is the alternative. But it goes against the grain as far as the states are concerned because they don't hypothecate anything. I remember um, yeah. debating to put some money aside to help people who were smoking, and it, it wasn't going to happen at all. Well, the uh, Treasury never does like to hypothecate because they no. want to c- control the money. That, that's always, always, always been the case. Yes, but, uh, yeah. but it, it, it would have to come under a title, uh, and the, the title would be more, more so on Social Security contributions, you know, which would... It's been a really difficult few weeks for everyone. Just, just kind of as we move towards the end of the podcast, what's lifted your spirits in the last few weeks, Heidi? Well, I mean, I, I've, I'm always, I mean, what, what I saw in, in COVID when we had that real going together, it, it, there was a, that moment where you felt, wow, it, it, what a brilliant community we live in. Seeing that again over Ukraine, the people just really desperately want to help people. And, and I think that's been great. It's resurrected that that, that kind of spirit again. I, I, I hopefully 
we can help people um, feel like that they can do something. But um, yeah, it was important as a government we we made a statement in terms of um, the, the funding that we've given. But uh, I think yeah, that it, it it has kind of brought out some really good part of the, the community. And what about you, David? What's kind of your spirits in the last few weeks? Well, the sun shining outside started it. Um, but, I mean, Heidi's right. There, there is a real community spirit in Guernsey. They're, they're very proud of um, helping when they can help. And um, it, it is quite nice to see that um, when something hits the, the, the buffer, that um, people come up with ideas, people come, come forward with suggestions. So uh, that's... A real ni- nice, nice um, attribute to have here. Yeah, I think think you're right there, Dave. It's about people will will do stuff, and I think f- for years it, we were getting and certainly felt that when, when I was on health, it was all, well, what's government doing about this? What's government doing about that? But during COVID, we saw a whole man of the volunteers coming out and s- supporting supporting each other, but also government working and support supporting the third sector. Uh, just that's something I just really hope we can retain. At, and you can see how government can go back into its shell and say, "Oh, we need to f- tick all these boxes." I think if nothing else, last two years has shown us how we can do stuff and and. Just don't be so risk-averse about things. Just just give it a go. Yes. Yes, we had uh, loads of volunteers coming forward and we had to move slightly sideways to ensure we weren't going risk-averse. But we wanted to take advantage of that help and offers. And, uh, you know, bureaucracy could have nailed it down uh, to be going nowhere. But uh, we... Uh, they were thinking very, very much on their feet and uh, coming up with really incredible ideas, which in the cold light of the day, you'd look at and think, no, that's not going to work. But it uh, did. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a fascinating discussion today. And, uh, well, let's hope for that kind of positivity going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.